0: Hello folks, this is Barack Lurie at the Barack Lurie Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Here with my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. These days are better than that, huh? Um, good, good line for this podcast today. Anyway, um, so many things, as always, to talk about. Things are always cropping up. Uh, some of them very disturbing. Um, one of them I will bring up because it is disturbing. Precisely because it's disturbing. But it begs so many questions. You know, I've had an evolution, as it were. That's, that's the kind of evolution that I believe in. <laughs> Personal evolution, growth, uh, spiritual evolution, and such. But I've had an evolution regarding the abortion issue. It's, it's very hard, you know, no matter how much you may feel that abortion should be available on demand, and, uh, you know, whatever the exceptions are and such, it's very hard to distance yourself from it In, um, in what it is, Uh, at some point you'll be turning your head. What do I mean by that? I mean it's 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 like that movie, uh, the horror movie, where something terrible happens in the movie, and you just got to turn your head. You don't want to see that scene, ever again. In fact, you wish you had never seen that scene, right? Uh, And if if for God forbid you you have to see that movie again with a friend, well, you know here comes that scene, and you walk out of it. Um, That reminds me, I, I saw the movie Pulp Fiction, and there was a scene there that I just disturbed me too much.
1: The heroin uh, wake-up scene?
0: No, oddly enough, I was okay with that. Because that was, one
1: grossed me out.
0: Well, he was actually trying to help her. That's, right. that's the thing. What I didn't like was the basement scene. And I, didn't, I don't like this notion of people being imprisoned. I, it really, um, I have a tough time with it. it. I don't like humiliation, and I don't like false imprisonment. Uh, nobody does, of course, but it, it deeply disturbs me. I, I can't handle it. Uh, this notion that somebody's somebody's freedom is taken away, not by w- without justice, um, when people are randomly picked up on the street and suddenly find themselves in some sort of dingy hole and never see their families again, uh, that just I can't I can't take it. It's hard.
1: You would have been the worst whaling ship captain ever in the eighteen hundreds. That's
0: right. Now I know about that. <laughs> anyway, the point the point is that. Um, it was a movie that uh, when that scene came up, I just said – I turned to my date at the time and I said, excuse me, I'm going to get some popcorn. And I just tried to wait the, the, the amount of time uh, that I knew that that scene was going to last and then come back because the rest of the movie was great, I thought. Anyway, um, that's the way abortion is. At some point, you, you, you've just got to get out of that theater. No matter where you stand on the issue, right, I, it, it's just wrong. And, that, and, and here's, the, here's the part. And what prompted this whole discussion, dear listener, is is the following. Uh, it turns out that in in Europe, in England in particular, and I'm sure it's true all throughout Europe, but it just came out in England. A report came out showing that uh, the English hospitals have been uh, making very efficient use of uh, abortioned uh, fetuses. What's that you ask? What do they do? Well, they use them for heating. They they burn them, uh, and they put them into the uh, furnaces of the hospital, and that provides heat for the hospital. <sighs> um, I, you know, I find this so disturbing. And then it begs the question: like, okay, I can just imagine the administrator of the hospital saying to to me, "Well, what would you have us do, Mr. Lurie? Just throw them in the trash dump?" Um, and then you, it begins. It makes you wonder: well, what would they do? What can they do? You know, we, we talk about abortion, but we never talk about the the natural effects of abortion—it's it, not as if it's a—it's a clean enterprise. What do you do with the fetuses, especially the ones that are a little bit uh, more uh, uh, in term in terms of meaning? They a three-month-old fetus, a four-month-old fetus, developed, it developed, more developed. So here you have this fetus that has been cut up and diced and sliced. But what do you do with the parts? It—it uh, do, it doesn't go away. It doesn't evaporate into the sky. It—you got to do something with it. And apparently, apparently England found a very unique um, thing to do with it, very disturbing. I don't like it, um, but it begs the question, what would you do without it? So let's, let's imagine you, you throw it in the trash, and then you're, I don't know, in the dumpster, and then that presumably goes to a big garbage dump somewhere, right? And just this, this image of, of fetuses, discarded fetuses, just kind of hanging around other garbage, just is so disturbing. Um, I mean, what, what if you and your son decide, hey, let's go scavenging in the, in the garbage dump and see what we can find there? You know, maybe an old watch, you know, some grandfather clock or some sort of cool toy that somebody discarded. And then you find this fetus and um, just the shock and, and several of them, of course, not just one. What do you do at that point? Um, it just begs the question, what, what are we doing? With this, Why are we here in a society where that's okay? That's, I don't know. It's one thing to, to ask the question, what do we do with our garbage? You know, and, and we can turn a blind eye to that. And you have many people on the left talking about our garbage problem. But apparently, we're adding to that garbage with, with human fetuses. Uh, it's just it's an ugly, ugly image. And it's even more ugly that somebody has decided that it would be really efficient. To use these fetuses for heating purposes, who came up with that? I mean, it it, it it just boggles the mind that somewhere, somehow, somebody said, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's use the fetuses." Now, English hospitals are not famous for being extremely clean, cleanly, uh, clean rather. Uh, you know that there's the apparently it's well noted that uh, these socialized hospitals um, they are so hurting for money that they don't clean the the beds um, as often as you might want them to. So what they do instead is that once there's a patient who's been there for three or four days and then he, then he's, uh, then he leaves Well, then they just flip over the bed sheets so that they don't have to wash it. You understand? So it's clean on one side, dirty on the other. And then after the second time, then, then they might wash it, but who's to know? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is the kind of, uh, Management that we see in socialized medicine. But that's another story altogether. We're talking about abortion and the, the concerns we have and, and what the, the ramifications of, of an abortion culture mean. So, um, you know, before the podcast, we were talking about all sorts of ramifications, but there are two competing forces involved. One is the, what I call the Chinese slash Russian slash European view of abortion. Or I should say life and the American version maybe we'll put out the American version also the Australian version the New Zealand version and the Israel version all of whom um, embrace life and and feel that abortion is morally wrong even though uh, abortion is certainly available in all of those countries they at least are squeamish about it but not so in the other countries that I just mentioned Russia China and so on, and the Europe, a European continent, um, life apparently is not precious. And when you treat the most innocent of victims the way that you do, doesn't that bleed into the rest of your society? Aren't you, in fact, saying that life doesn't really matter? Aren't you sending the signal that life doesn't matter? And doesn't everything collapse after that? So a part of me is hopeful that America will start really appreciating that life is precious, uh, and that perhaps we should move forward to a day where abortion should be far less frequent. What is the expression that they, they actually claim to want, but they, they, they of course, don't have, which is... Uh, safe, cheap.
1: legal, and rare. Safe, the...
0: legal, and rare, yeah, and cheap, apparently. Safe, legal, and rare, that's the, the concept. Well, rare, it certainly isn't. Uh, safe and legal, That's a, that's debatable. Legally, yeah, apparently it is. But safe, I don't know. Rare, it ain't rare, folks. And it's happening time and time again, and it just will continue on. You make it uh, easy for folks. You, you encourage people to think that uh, life is cheap and that uh, having a, a, a fetus in your, in your womb is, is just merely tissue. Well, then you're going to send the signal to go ahead and do it as often as you can. Uh, there are women out there that have abortions uh, routinely. It's, it, it, that doesn't make it rare, folks. It should be, it shouldn't be. It, there should be no abortion at all. But if if a woman does have an abortion, she should be having only one in her entire lifetime, um, and it should it should certainly not be happening multiple times. And when you send the signal that it doesn't mean anything, it's no big deal, and it's also very cheap, and you don't even infuse a moral question with with their abortion. Maybe you should. You brought up a very interesting concept, uh, Ari, before the podcast about how, you know, perhaps, you know, how do we deal with the the fetuses, right, that we're talking about? And again, folks, you know, we understand that we're talking about a very disturbing topic, right? But I, if if I'm going to be intellectually honest about these things, I need to be consistent. And I have spoken many times about slaughterhouses, uh, meat and pig and chicken, the Deplorable way that those animals are treated in the slaughterhouses, and this is not about. I'm not even making an equivalence here. On the contrary, you'll you'll see where I'm going with this. It's so deplorable that it was enough for me, along with other health reasons, to stop eating meat altogether. Just I eat still feed, eat fish. I don't, it's not the same thing, um, but I don't eat chicken, turkey, any of those, uh, any of the meats. Just done. I just can't. I can't participate in that. Madness and it's getting worse every year because of the price what I call the price imperative and uh, They always try to make things cheaper and cheaper And as a consequence you you're crueler and crueler to the animals. I Don't want any part of it. I didn't turn my head away at that point So how does this relate and I'm saying that I need to be intellectually honest if I'm intellectually honest Then we need to also look at the evil that's going on when it comes to abortion um, these are horrendous things. And you you really need to think about how they dispose of these fetuses, how they treat these fetuses. And uh, they treat them, I mean, they're not alive by the time they've been aborted. I'll grant you that. But it's so despicable the way that they're disposed of later on. Ari, you had the idea, an excellent idea, of what if we, even if we allowed abortion, what if we required that the state or somehow each fetus have a funeral, regardless of the desire for a funeral or otherwise, that there must be some sort of recognition by a rabbi, a a priest, a reverend, anybody. And by the way, there would be plenty of people, plenty of clergy that would be happy to say a, a prayer. For any uh, of these? One,
1: one of the most awful things that happened in the Gosnell case yeah. is after they found all those babies in the freezer and other facilities, uh, a, a, some uh, clergy wanted to come forward and uh, give those children burial, and they were blocked by the courts. Yeah. Thank you, Wheels of Justice. Yeah, disgusting, and, and, disgusting. And the, to, to flesh out my deal more, is, and I suggest, and this is where we we've talked many times on this on this podcast about economic issues and the basic principle that you get more of what you encourage, you get less of what you discourage. Uh, obviously, in right. in regards to taxes and economics and regulations. Right. So, wouldn't it be a great way to have less abortions by at least making it more difficult? Not by taking away anyone's rights, mind you, but making the people getting the abortion at least name the the baby. I prefer baby instead of fetus, and that way you would have a burial and a funeral because well, then it would
0: become very personal and very difficult for someone to yeah I, I, dispose I, I, of someone they, they yeah, know. I understand that, but let's make it, let's, let's I mean, look, first of all, I would love that of course, but I think that people would be ready to accept a burial for each fetus. In fact, even the, even those on, on the left would have to say, you know, maybe that's not such a bad idea because the alternative is. All these gross things that we we're just talking about—heating hospitals and making somehow making functional uses of these fetuses—or uh, the alternative, of course, is dumping them in garbage dumps. Um, if forces that respect for life and if they truly want it to be rare, safe, and legal, that would be one way of making it at least rare. And um, I, let's start there, so to speak. If we if we had the ability to make these laws, that's what I would say. Let's start there, and slowly get people to understand. The preciousness of the lives that they are not that saying, they are aborting.
1: Right, We're not taking away anyone's rights here to, to, as they say, in quotes,
0: rights to have the abortion. It's just this is another part of the procedure. There you go. I want to move on to, from that topic to a very similar topic um, because, and I just heard this on Dennis Prager, um, he had talked about this very sad story of a, uh, a pit bull that had mauled a four-year-old child's face. And it really disfigured him, and uh, thankfully, we, we live in a time where we, plastic surgery can make things a lot better, um, and this this uh, child is still alive. But why do I bring this up? Because there's a court system, you understand, and this, this dog is now getting a lot of attention on Facebook, and otherwise, you know, like if you want uh, to help out Fido, we'll call him Fido, I forget his name, uh, to make sure that he's not uh, euthanized. As a result of his mauling the, the baby, it's not his fault. He's an innocent player, as if as if a dog can be innocent of anything. If right?
1: human beings had just not bred wolves against their will for millions of years, right. Fido the pit bull would have never mauled little Johnny.
0: Yeah, it's something, our something, fault. That's something like that, <laughs> right? But but here's the here's the here's where I'm going with this. The argument is is something. It's, it's so crazy. The the dog has a friggin' lawyer. Okay. The, the fact that there's a court hearing at all in the first place is bizarre. Are you angry you didn't get the business? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but listen, the dog has a court hearing. Okay. Uh, this, is not, this is not funny. This is I, really not I'm funny. I'm not
1: laughing at the humor. I'm laughing at the... Absurdity. Abs, it's Kafkaesque.
0: It is, it's, it, 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 co- yeah, you know what? That's absolutely right. It's Kafkaesque. <laughs> it's, they are not... The dog has a court hearing... And As if the dog knows that he has a court here, right? It does. Do you know the severity of this? You better you better shape up and and by the way make sure you're groomed before you come anyway So put it, put that aside. The dog has a friggin lawyer representing him Okay, obviously, you know given a lot of foundational money from this or that um, You know animal rights group um, But nevertheless, this is what's happening and and why do I bring this up because we have a dog that has the right to a hearing. And yet when it comes to a fetus that is three and a half months in the womb, developed, he has no rights. Two and a half months. I don't care if he believes one week. If, if a one-week fetus has no right for a hearing, then a then the friggin' dog does not have a right for the hearing. And as Dennis says, it's, it's, a, it's an inverted world and where animals have greater rights than 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 people do,
1: the next thing you know, all those six million chickens, PETA claims, are slaughtered in the chicken holocaust. They're all going to have legal representation. Some massive class action suit against Tyson Chicken. That's a very good, That's a
0: case you might want. Yeah, talk about innocent, right? Yeah. I mean, you you can argue that the pit bull, you know, he was he was trained, and you should you know maybe even uh, punish the the master of the dog, whoever that you know the pit bull owner was. But a chicken, I mean, they're not raised to kill anybody or to cause any harm to anybody. They're just chickens for crying out loud, and we're slaughtering them in the most vicious way possible. Don't they? Don't they deserve a hearing in court? What about the little lamb that produced the lamb chops I wolfed down last night? It needed a lawyer. If it had a lawyer, I wouldn't have barbecued it. Right now, you see, folks, uh, you know, I'm I'm internally consistent. I'm intellectually honest about this. I am a vegetarian. I'm not even vegetarian. I'm a vegan. Except for fish, I always make that disclaimer because I think fish are not the same as chickens and turkeys and so on that 's not the point. The point is I, I, I eat if i don't eat those animals for health reason i don't want to participate in unnecessary suffering right um, but at the same time, I think you know where's the logic here? You might as well extend the the dog logic to to chickens and and cows and and pigs and everything else. How is the judge going to be able to uh, argue that that each of these chickens should not have a, a day in court. It's an excellent point you you raised.
1: There's another part of this which I think is so interesting. It has, and you brought it up at the beginning with the the, the concept of gruesomeness and what we can look at and what we can't. There was a story out of U uh, C Santa Barbara last week in which a uh, tendered pornography and black studies professor uh, vandalized a anti-abortion group's posters and the poster that she vandalized was one that showed a rather graphic depiction of what What happens the procedure looks like after it's done. What's very interesting is I was driving around LA a couple years ago And when to my chagrin they banned foie gras something you hate something I love, but great minds can differ (laughs) I'm right. He's not Um, And one thing that they had this is kind of interesting. They had At every one of these protests in front of restaurants like Malise or Chinois or places that served it were these graphic pictures of the duck. Right. Pre-procedure, post-procedure. Right. So the very same people who are just fine showing us the most gruesome pictures of animals being vivisected. Right. Or uh, will represent a dog in a court of law. I know. Which I have to giggle at, as I say, because just saying is preposterous. Will not look... And not only not look at pictures or images of the procedure, they have to vandalize it to keep others
0: from seeing, from looking yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so many of these people on Facebook uh, who uh, clicked like, 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 you know, on you know to save this pit bull's life, um, you know, I, I'm sure not all of them are vegan. So, and and I wouldn't click on that either. By the way, I don't I don't support a, a, a stupid dog's right to a hearing, and a dog is is not worth at all anything close to a human life. Or, or even to a mauling, that dog deserves to die, and he needs to die, and I don't care about whether he knows why he's dying, just he needs to be taken out.
1: And, and, story and although you, I'm sure I, I speak for you when I say this, hmm. uh, you do not support, of course, the slaughter of animals, right? No. But if a dangerous bull was running loose in our town of Brentwood here yeah, kill and mauled some children, yes, kill him. of course i kill him. Kill the, kill the friggin' animal. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. In a second. Yeah. If there was a tiger running loose, even yeah. though it's an endangered species,
0: shoot it. A bear, shoot it. I have no, I have no problem. <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah. Uh, to, to the to the extent there's an endangered... If you can capture it instantly and then put them in a zoo, okay, do that. Yeah, fine. But if he's mauled somebody along the way, you kill the animal. It's, it's just... You gotta do it. It, it. it may not seem fair to you or logical or anything else. I don't care if it seems that way. The fact is... We don't want an animal to roam around uh, for the sake of the family that lost a child or, or suffered that. They need to, to see that the animal's put down.
1: yeah it's, it's, yeah.
0: it's, 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 it's something very critical the The lion who is killed for that purpose won't even, it won't even have the anxiety associated with being killed. It's just not the same thing. Kill the animal, you're done that's the way it is, and you do not elevate him because by elevating the animal. You you lower the human. Well, it's so interesting because they're more than willing
1: to humanize the dangerous animal, but they dehumanize the most innocent of human life. And and there's sort of two points come to mind about this. One is one Dennis Prager makes, which is where he um, talks about murderers and the incarceration of murderers and the punishment. And there's a whole argument for about incarceration and what role it plays, and whether punishment's effective and all that. But putting that all aside, when it just comes to murder, Prager makes the the, uh, point that if you, you put the murderer to death via the death penalty, what you've guaranteed is that murderer will never murder again. It's the same for this dog. It's not about through you know, getting uh, Cesar the dog whisperer to come give him some you know, uh, you know, kibbles and bits to make him you know, able to be adoptable. It's killing him so he doesn't do that again.
0: It's, it's, it. it's, it's, an, it's it, so simple. It's a, it's a good argument and just as valid as the others. And I don't know. People don't see clearly. Uh, PETA, for example, and this is a vegan organization. I consider myself vegan. Um, I despise PETA. I, I, I actually, one day, once upon a time, thought about working with them. This is during my liberal days, but this is also before the Holocaust on your plate days. Also, to, in my defense, I went there and I thought, okay, well, this is nice, you know. And, and, and I thought the, their whole approach back then was a little different, a little less bizarre than they are right now. Their approach back then was, you know, focus on the fact that, that the animals suffer. I, I kind of liked that. I understood that. Um, and but instead, it. It evolved, it morphed into this bizarre thing where animals now have greater rights, that a cockroach's life is, is worth more. You shouldn't even step on a cockroach, for crying out loud, in your kitchen.
1: Its carbon footprint is smaller than yours.
0: Okay. But,
1: but that's the but, mentality. But,
0: yeah. You shouldn't step on a cockroach, but it's okay. But And a cockroach's life is worth more than a, a two-week-old fetus. Okay? That's that's their thinking. Right. Okay. Once once I heard that, I said, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. Yes. And um I had even given i think a forty dollar contribution you know uh, w- during that time, and of course, I wrote to them and said i 'll never i 'll never connect with you guys again that you you're disgusting and also the holocaust and your plate argument you know that the, the it, 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 that was the ultimate equalizing of of animals with humans that that somehow eating chicken was like participating in a holocaust look. I don't eat chicken for my, my own reasons. I don't want to contribute to the suffering of animals. But it ain't no Holocaust, my friend.
1: And you don't look at those who are in line at KFC across the street as SS guards.
0: No. No. And, and, and of course, the differences are so staggering. Putting aside that they're, one, one is an animal and one is a human being, that's a huge difference. Um, uh, the, the S, the, Hitler was killing people for the sake of killing them. Uh, you know at least the farmers uh and otherwise are are killing these animals for the sake of providing a, a food for people there's a there 's a purpose to it now whether that food is healthy for you uh, and whether we can do it in a more in a less suffering way that 's a different story but it 's not as if we 're enjoying the killing process uh or that we 're doing it for the purpose of, it, of of getting rid of all chickens on the planet right i mean it's just it 's stupid it 's just a stupid um, a thing. Yeah. Contrary to
1: Hitler, Hitler was trying to exterminate the people. He was killing. The farmer slaughters the chickens to sell them to market in order to buy and raise more chickens. That's right.
0: It creates more chickens when right. you kill them uh, there's, through there's, the economics there's of there's it. There's a purpose to it. Look, yeah, and, and I'm not telling people they shouldn't eat chickens. By all means, go ahead. I'm not just. I'm simply not one of those people. I'll never. Uh, if, if they had a proposition tomorrow saying that. Uh, uh, we hereby ban all chicken and turkeys and and beef. I'm sure that Peter would be all over that. Uh, I would not be. I would say, you know, no, 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 don't do that. That's not the way we do it. Um, just like you and I, we, we talk about God, and you know, between us, we we, we are very vociferous about God. Um, and we, but we, you know, going outside this office, we basically walk humbly with God, right? And and, and that's the way we like to uh, comport ourselves. It's the right way to do it. The best way to convince somebody of the existence of God and and, and that they should embrace God is by leading a good life, being a good example to other people, uh, showing their joy in God, for example. Um, And and then if they're curious, you can answer their questions. That's really the best way to convert, so to speak, somebody into your way of thinking. But not so. Not so. With the uh, the liberals generally speaking, when they want to convert you they'll bash you over the head with it, whether it's global warming right the, there's no debate about it They'll they'll say you're you know a, a global warming denier uh, that you're an idiot, and they'll just they'll just bash you over the head of it they'll no, show you there's no pictures
1: while you're trying to eat your meal at the nice restaurant because they don't like that you're eating foie gras. Right. they'll uh, sh- they'll throw red paint on your fur coat right.
0: yeah it's, and, it's, and that's my and that's yeah. my point. Is that, Peter? If you want to effectuate change, walk humbly with your cause. And I try—they're embarrassment, embarrassment to me. I remember once meeting a, a, a gay gentleman, uh, and he, he was a—you know—he was just a stand-up guy. He, he, he was not at all effeminate. He was not the walking picture of, you know, like like uh, Will and Grace. You know, the, the the you know more effeminate one of the two. Um, there was no—it was not a, he was not a cliche. He was gay but not one of the cliches that you sometimes see on TV. And I remember him telling me, you know, he really had trouble being gay. He really just had trouble with the, he didn't like being gay. Um, and he, and, and he was already a you know, 40 year old man or so. And I said, well, why, why is it so, so troublesome to you, especially in these days? You know, it's so accepted. And he said, yeah, no, it's not that it's a tough lifestyle. You know, I, it's not the best, but it's, it's not that it's a tough lifestyle. It's, it's that people associate being gay with all those, you know, parades and those guys going there, you know, you know, acting in a very effeminate way with the the, the cross dressers and the the parades with the feather caps and a lot of pink that they're wearing on it. And and frankly, he said, I'm embarrassed by these people. These people embarrass me as a gay person. I don't feel that way, is what he said. And, and I told him, look, you know, as a, as a straight guy, I can tell you, I don't. I, I don't assume that all gay people are like that. On the contrary, I think these are the outliers, and that most gay men and, and women, for that matter, just lead regular lives like like you do and I do, and they just happen to be interested in the same sex. That's the way I view it. But he doesn't. He doesn't live in that bubble, right? I mean, he he lives in his own world, and he, he he's unable to see how other people view him. So, you know, likewise with with the black community, they, they don't know how. You and I couldn't care less about their skin color, for example. And I don't blame them. They, they, they may wonder, you know, what do I really think? Right? Well, it's
1: like all ethnicities uh, to yeah. a certain extent. And like we as Jews, as Jews probably right. have a perception, uh, well, us less than others, but some Jews do, that uh, where people they think people look at Jews and think all of us look like Hasidim. That's right. That's right. Or ultra like, like the Woody Allen movie. Now. Or, or black people think that all, all of us look at them like they're all gang
0: members or something. You
1: know right. That whole... Which is the, absurd. The, the, you know, so, so the visible uh, stereotype is what...
0: So why do I bring this up? Because I, as a vegan, have to deal with this stereotype in my in my own way. It's okay. I don't think you're a communist anymore. <laughs> I but used I'm, to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but as a vegan, I, 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 I can tell you these, these people that go out, PETA in particular, they, they, they make us look so... Um, bizarre and so like out there and and that that we're demanding all these things and I'm trying to as a moderate vegan, very moderate I think I've I've proved myself to be very moderate I'm not trying to enforce everyone to be vegan, on the contrary I I really want to walk humbly with it and if somebody is really suffering from a disease I might mention hey you know might want to think about not you know, giving up meat I won't even say going vegan Um, but that's it and if people ask me that's when I talk to them and you know i've converted probably in in the past 15 years i've been vegan for 19 years um, i've probably converted about 50 people just by kind of talking they, they they notice that i don't get sick for example they notice that i that i've lost weight or this and that people listen to me so anyway i'm not a big proselytizer that way walk humbly with your cause whatever it might be and walk walking humbly with god walking humbly with veganism, uh, and for that matter, walking humbly with conservatism.
1: Yeah, well, it's the whole thing that the best way to show people that you're right is to demonstrate it, not
0: tell them, show them by being that thing. And you know what? And that's a beautiful way to kind of sum up what we were just talking about. We want to show them the horrors, the horrors of the abortion impact of what happens when you treat fetuses the way you do. And uh, that's showing it to them, isn't it? Um, and, and
1: also, when you're willing to sh- to create anything for renewable energy, I mean, you, you started by talking about the the idea of using that 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 human material to to power and heat hospitals. It, it's like where is it appropriate to draw a line? And say, you know what? That's one renewable resource I will not use because of, right. I have a moral objection to it. Because those people certainly wouldn't use the flesh from that dog to power that hospital.
0: Well, that's why we're trying to do here on the show is to really show you uh, what, uh, what the consequences of some thinking is. And uh, I think we're all shocked about it. Uh, but at the same time, should we be shocked? I don't think so. And this, the point of this podcast is really to point out The evil, Uh, as Dennis Prager says, you got to stare at the sun. uh, And this one, you have to. It's painful as it is. You got to. You got to see the evil for what it is. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. But you're not going to make the right decisions if you just ignore the evil. Folks, this is Barack Lurie, the Barack Lurie podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.